Well, somebody forgot to turn off the sound on their YouTube. Uh, oops. <laughs> Welcome to Satanists on Cinema. Satanists on Cinema is a film review and commentary series. Oh, wait. We're your hosts. I guess I should introduce us. Satanist Cameron John, Reverend Campbell. Other side, though. That side. There we go. Uh, anyways. We're a film review and commentary series that travels to ancient ruins to capture undead parasites and voice them on our new non-denominational Christian cult as an angel, all while ignoring the painfully obvious truth that though they believe in an invisible, all-powerful God and his angels, vampires are just a bridge too far to believe in. Welcome to our review of Midnight Mass. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that idea of it, too, because it was like, yeah, that is so obvious. That's, okay, so that is one of my biggest problems with this fucking show. I love this show. I do. But it's just like every other fucking zombie movie ever. Oh, what's, what's this thing that's doing this thing that we all know about in the pop culture lexicon? Like, if I, come on, you should know it's a goddamn vampire. Spoiler alert, people, it's a fucking vampire. So this is a spoiler <laughs> <laughs> discussion you should know that going in i put it in the description so. so um anyway valis thanks for joining live marcy how are you dear uh zachary what's up man earl how you doing great to see you you dislike the entire series says zachary <clears throat> that's fair i i can understand why people wouldn't like it no i'm gonna burn you in your sleep <laughs> <laughs> that's just, i'm just gonna go to your house and i'm going to light you on fire because you did not love this as much as i did how can I mean, anyone love that, anything that less is than what? Very I... Christian of you. I know. Well, <laughs> let's let's preface this whole conversation with with two things. First, mm -hmm. this is a mini series on Netflix that's seven nearly one hour parts. There's no mm -hmm. way we're going to be able to cover every single minutia of detail of backstory and plot line, but we're going to do our best to cover the most important ones or what we thought were most interesting mm -hmm. at least. And yeah. two, if you know anything about Christianity. This whole series makes perfect sense to me that it could mm -hmm. actually happen. If yeah, you've ever yeah. lived in isolated communities, if you've ever been in like uh, cult-like religions, this is very close to a reality, much more mm -hmm. than I think the average person who has not had those experiences would know. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one thing that I liked about it is it was very much like – this was Mike Flanagan writing from the heart. Like you could tell this was his ode to, Hey, yeah. I used to be Catholic. Mm. Those guys. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> so this was released September 24th. So it's been out for quite some time. Uh, the log mm. line is an isolated Island community experiences miraculous events and frightening omens after the arrival of a charismatic, mysterious young priest. Um, this entire is it series. really charismatic though. <laughs> The way he, I loved the way he talked. I did, but he was a crazy guy, and you knew he was a crazy guy from the get-go. Oh, but I wouldn't that's consider like, that charismatic. But that's that's like that's like honey to religious people, you know, uh, like religious true. bears. They're just like, hey, the crazier you are, the more <laughs> I'm going to believe in you because religious God bears. is fucking. <laughs> if you've ever read. And that's why so much of the, I'm, I'm bouncing around because there's it all coalesced back to Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Every single thing about any religious person I have ever met is held true in this, in that you can explain away any atrocity on behalf of the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. any, you, can, you can stretch any bit of reality 
on behalf of religion because there's always going to be some proverb or some verse that they can reference that tangentially may or may not be convincing enough that they still have that sense of righteous indignation uh, mm-hmm. of this situation. I mean, they will forever argue ridiculous points because of the Lord on high. And so yep. <laughs> it, all of this made perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, the truly crazy stuff, like them not knowing that he's clearly a vampire when he walks into the church at the end. Dude, that like, shit, man. That fucking scene. Wait a second. <laughs> God damn it. Like, that was fucking good. I like, mean, usually I'm a firm believer in don't show the monster. Like, the less the better. Yeah. Um, it makes it just that much scarier. I mean, unless it's like a slasher, but slashers, right. you don't take that shit serious anyways. You just want to see them kill people. But that fucking was uncomfortable as he was walking down the aisle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's give a little bit of background. Um, Mike Flanagan is a producer, director, writer. Uh, he's done some, in my opinion, amazing work. He did Haunting mm-hmm. of Hill House, which was, in my opinion, until the end, phenomenal across the board, and is definitely rewatchable. Uh, Haunting of Bly Manor is not as good, really? in my opinion, but it's still good. He you thought the end sucked of, ha- of yeah, Hill House? I did not like well, the end at all. That, it really yeah. bugged me. I thought that's it should fair. have ended an episode early. But anyway, that's, that's not what yeah. this is. I'm just trying to give a little bit of credential about <laughs> yeah, who yeah, this yeah. guy is and what he's gotcha. capable of. He did Doctor Sleep, which I know a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> But you can and they're burn all in hell. wrong. <laughs> exactly. It's so good. Like, he's he's the master of you watching a scene and there being a creature in the scene that you don't see until the very end of the scene, and the creature just shifts slightly, and you're just like, oh shit, they've been there the whole time. <laughs> right. Like that's his bread and butter. He's really great at it. He didn't actually do it in this though. Like I was looking for it, knowing mm. that it's sort of his thing. Anyway, this was a pet project of his from way back in 2014 and maybe even earlier. He actually secretly put just jumped yeah. to elements that we like about it or what? Or don't like? I I think we could do a general set. Because, I mean, there a lot of it really is like um, like the bulk of it. It's just the, you know, go between or the, the um, chemistry and shit between different actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with the first five episodes with... Uh, what was it Terry or whatever the fuck his name in? I, I or Riley, Riley, Riley Flynn, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we could just do just a general once over on everything. Okay, well, right before we do that, uh, I do want to say on IMDb, this got 7.8 out of 10 stars on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 91% on the tomato meter, and it only has a 75% audience score. So people are generally positive about it, but they do have hang ups. Which I can't mm-hmm. fault. There, yeah, know, there's no, some issues with this that we'll get into later on. But you mm-hmm. know, some of the returning cast members that he uses, and also the main plot point characters, are uh, Katie Siegel is the character mm-hmm. Aaron Green. Which, you know, this is one of those film uh, series where you think Riley is the the main character, yeah. and he is for almost the entire first two acts, mm-hmm. and then. <laughs> <laughs> the last act just shifts, and he's no longer the main character. Yeah. Um, Riley is played by Zach Guilford. Uh, Bev Keane was played by Samantha Sloyan. She is she is amazing in this as the yeah. religious nut job 
Yeah, 100% believable. <laughs> I mean, like, I've known people like that. Yeah, it's just so the amount of insanity that spews out of her mouth that's backed up by the Bible, it just convinces everyone that she's just and, and the courses of actions mm -hmm. need to be taken. Um, a lot of this actually unfolds because of her and not necessarily because of the priest, which is really. I would argue weird. everything is because of her. He was just. Right. He just so happened to be there and be the catalyst, but she was the driving force of everything. Yeah, no, you're right. On the island, yeah. she was absolutely the driving force. Let's let's give a let's run through some more cast really quick. <laughs> so, um, Ra Raul Coley is the sheriff Hassan. <laughs> he has a really interesting element in this: is that he doesn't fit in to the people that he's protecting because they're all Catholic and he's Muslim. Um, He's still a good human being, and he can mm -hmm. sense the bigotry as any minority can. But for him, it's super um, powerful because, again, he's isolated on this island, mm -hmm. and he's the him and his son are the only Muslims until his son is no longer a Muslim. Yeah, and there's this whole <laughs> battle between racism, which is uh, overt or uh, subdued bigotry, and then him losing connection with his son and his mm -hmm. ideas, sense of faith being challenged because of that. Um, uh, Lisa Scarborough plays the character Inara Simone, who is the mayor's daughter, who is the first true miracle, which sets the whole tale spinning into like a, a fever pitch mm -hmm. um, where she is paralyzed by uh, an accident with a town drunk uh, hitting her in a car, right? No, shot her. Shot her. That's right. So I'm getting mixed up with the um, Riley's uh, hit and run where he killed someone and, and then did yeah, time yeah. for it. Um, but she's born this hatred for this guy, justified hatred for him, you know, accidentally paralyzing her. And then mm -hmm. suddenly with this new priest coming in, uh, you know, there's this miraculous event that we'll, we'll touch on here briefly, but she's, she's a huge, huge player in this, though she's treated as a B character. And one thing you have yeah. to really understand about this entire series is that there's no A plot, B plot. There's like a gazillion plot points mm -hmm. that are interweaving into this fine mesh of this religious horror tale uh, that, that he's woven. Uh, Dr. Sarah Gunning is played by Annabeth Gish, who I absolutely adore. Uh, she's the local doctor of the town who starts to unravel some of the more mysterious things from a scientific point of view rather than mm -hmm. the religious fervor that everyone else is uh, subdued by. Um, Father Paul Hill, who is the biggest, you know, the, everything centers around him. Uh, he's played by Hamish Linklater. I'm probably hammering that. <laughs> But the truth that sounds is, about right. He's so incredibly good. First of all, there are monologues that are pages long in mm -hmm. single takes that this guy has to be able to perform with emotion and intensity, with convincing sorrow in some cases. And mm -hmm. I bought every second on screen that this guy delivered. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, same. you were mentioning early on that he's crazy and clearly crazy. Like, he had to play that up. Like, it's not easy mm -hmm. to go from, you know, this this position of weird religious crazy to convincingly uh, sane in some brief moments. And it's yeah. almost like he's playing with uh, his delivery in order to pull the point out at the very end of the monologue in almost every single scene that he's on screen. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's only paralleled by that other religious zealot, the 
the woman um uh bev yeah it's just it blows my mind and then the cameras off oh, i haven't gotten to the castro dude jesus we're, we're fucking the christ the camera work in this <sighs> classic flanagan <laughs> it is brilliant that beat like, i love that shit with um with riley yeah every single night when he goes to bed and that shit just starts to to uh turn it's just like god damn it this is so good mm -hmm. oh man Oh man, there's a beat scene where it's a, it's the inciting incident of the first episode, yeah, where where uh, a bunch of cats end up dead, washed up on shore. No one can really figure out why. We find out later, but ultimately, it's Riley walking down to the beach to talk to the sheriff, and ultimately, you know, he talks with the mayor and stuff too. But it's a single camera shot, and the camera is constantly following Riley and then pivoting in a circle around everyone who's talking and then it follows them to the next spot so this is a whole long tail setup where they have to have people time to come in and out of scene at specific times when the camera's off them or you know long enough to see them walking up but the monologue has to be done by the time they hit their mark to deliver their uh, talking scenes this is an amazingly structured film with the camera mm -hmm. work alone right I mean, yeah i mean that's like a fucking dance a well choreographed dance yeah it, it, it just blew my mind how well it was done. Uh, everything about it, and which is why it just stuns me that people didn't like it. And I understand, that, like we had mentioned at the top, this is a slow burn, right? Mm -hmm. You have seven, almost seven one-hour episodes to set up and finish this entire story. And mm -hmm. so he is slowly taking you through a lot of different characters' motivations and character arcs. So it is going to take time. And there's a lot of yeah. dialogue that has to get out there in order to explain why people feel certain ways, why they're tormented over certain things. There's a lot of psychological work that has to be unraveled in order to fully understand yeah. how things can possibly end up where they end up. Because otherwise it wouldn't make any sense, you know, go to point A to point B without understanding the motivations. You would just jump to the conclusion that this, none of this, this is just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. at all. But because he puts in the time, in my opinion, it ended up paying off in the end and being brilliant. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely some spots that didn't make any fucking sense. Mm -hmm. um, like, especially the ending, like that ending just, and I was trying like hell to rationalize it last night. Um, as soon as we finished it, and th there was no way to do it. It just didn't make any fucking sense. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know who this is, but this individual named Jenna John cannot roll her <laughs> eyes back in the head yes. any further because she hated the deliveries. It was just so much mumbling. It just That's all she head. kept talking about was yeah. the mumbling. <laughs> Reminds me of um, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Mumbler! Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so each act of this, uh, is, or each episode is broken up by book one through seven. And it's mm -hmm. obviously religiously referenced because if you don't set up the religious heat at the beginning, it's never going to pay off at the end. Just mm -hmm. one more of the, the crazy things. But again, it's an isolated village. And so there was a times where it felt very Lovecraftian to me. Yeah. Like I, I at I had no idea where this was going as a story. As soon as we saw um, Father uh, uh, Monsignor Pruitt going, you know, when he's doing his confession as Father Hill, and you see Monsignor Pruitt um, traveling in that dust storm, and he goes into these ruins, and this creature so comes out good. with wings <laughs> and sort of attacks him. Immediately, I was like, vampire. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> it looks a little different, so people who maybe aren't as familiar wouldn't necessarily say that, but the, he drinks the blood, and, like, it's just, it makes perfect He's a sense. goddamn vampire, yeah, for it's just, fuck's it's sake. Obvious. But when, when I, especially, like, when it comes to, like, Catholics, it's like, they're, angels are, like, fucking creepy as shit and you would know yeah. you're seeing a goddamn angel there's like eight fucking wings 26 eyes things like a beast that you just probably want to blow your face off versus look at like obviously yeah. it's not a goddamn angel well that's why i loved um the explanation by that um, religious lady because they do straight up say that mm -hmm. you know anyone who looks upon an angel finds them grotesque you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're monstrous. They're, and, you know, I had to tie in a little bit of, like, sort of headcanon lore from the prophecy where you have Christopher Walken as the angel Gabriel telling about how the angels for the Lord are sent down to murder babies. Mm -hmm. They're monsters. You know, there's nothing good about an mm -hmm. angel. They're executioners. Yeah. They're there to deliver the wrath of their God. So... I, it makes perfect sense that there would be these monstrous entities and not these divinely beautiful, perfect forms. They yeah. were jealous of fucking humans because of the attention God was given humans, you know, in their yeah. own lore. So it just makes perfect sense that they would believe that that could be an angel based on that justification. Yeah. And sure. you have to kind of be crazy anyway to believe in a God. Just putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. Um, I want to unravel this not from the mother of one of the major cast characters, the doctor, who is trying to unravel all this mm -hmm. you know, nonsense about people sort of returning to their youthful appearances and stuff like that. Can we pin it right there? What did you think about how people were experiencing that, um, that rollback of their age and youth and vitality? Um, because that is slightly different than vampire tales usually vampires you know you mm -hmm. just stay at wherever you are in your life and you just yeah. continue on as a vampire yeah i i mean i thought it was great for the mythology like it was a it was a fun twist and it, it made sense as to how it would be intertwined into their uh their parish because you know obviously it's got the restorative powers and shit so because people are getting communion oh it's a miracle so of course that's how it's going to perpetuate and they're going to infect more and more yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I dug it. Um, I, so the first miracle to really make people believe that this father is sent from God rather than just a man um, mm. was that he told that paraplegic girl to stand up and walk to him. And everyone was like, hey, you can't do that. Stop it. You know, like he's, he's being mm. insulting to her. But he insisted and she got up and walked up to the pulpit and got her little cracker <laughs> communion. <Yeah>. Her <laughs> Jesus wafer. And everyone was just like, oh, you know, it's this massive miracle, which is beautiful. But that mm -hmm. if that didn't happen, then nothing else could be believed, right? You need that miracle to happen because then, yeah. then everyone starts getting younger because the priest is like infecting everyone with vampire blood through the communion wine. And so, of course, he goes to this girl who the whole reason he brought the vampire to the island in the first place to who is dying of Alzheimer and, and old age goes mm -hmm. to her and gives her private communion to bring her back to youth so they can, again, rekindle their love affair that they had when they were younger. See, that's that's another thing that I got a problem with with this show. Her old person makeup. Now, of course, yeah, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but um, it just looked so bad. Like, it looked like an old 
makeup versus somebody that actually looks old. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, with Alex Esso and being the fucking vampire that she is, that's probably what she'll look like when she's a million years old. You know, not a single fucking wrinkle and just white hair. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was hard. Like every time I saw her, it was just like, God, she doesn't look old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she saw her vibrancy underneath all mm-hmm. the the prosthetics and stuff. Well, it's like the, the one of the things I swear that uh, a lot of old age makeups miss are, is the eyes. Like eye color fades over time. So if you're going to be that fucking old, especially with some big ass glasses, she should have paler eyes. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, you. that's true. Those are valid points. Um, yeah, I, I, I sort of glared over some of those what in my I would call, you know, smaller issues for the sake of the whole story, you know, sort of suspension mm-hmm. of disbelief and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, his whole point was just to revive her. Do you think that the vampire himself, uh, this is actually named, um, oh, geez, where is my note on that? Did it have a name? I know it was based off of something. I even had a note on it, and I can't find it for the <laughs> life of me right now. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything i mean i know uh, the we got the you know being based off of an alu or yeah a, a Luka, Luka, or whatever yeah so i don't know uh, if yeah. that's the name that it was given or anything because i don't re- recall a name being said just that it was an angel yeah, i don't think there was but um yeah. do you think it was its idea to be brought to that island and willingly infect everyone or do you think that the priest was going behind his back to do it um because there's a backstory Shit, here that's not explored, surprisingly. And that's Yeah, that's the whole point was that, that the residents that got infected wanted to go to the mainland. Mm-hmm. They wanted to isolate everyone on the island, either infect them or murder them, and then go to the mainland and spread it to the rest of the world to make everyone a yeah. vampire or kill them. So, you know, they're either become Christians or they kill everyone. Something that Christians have actually done in the past. Huh. Whoa. <laughs> I know there's novel So idea. again, not a bridge too far as far no, as believing this story. But yeah, I, I is he know. an unwilling I, I, participant in this? Like did vampire, he have I don't I don't think so. Like I think um they probably both have the same I or the same like the father wants him back because it's a fucking miracle. He mm-hmm. he was eighty on death's bed, dementia ridden, and then he gets brought back to his youth, like his prime um self as is said in the show like i think he wants to bring him back because obviously everybody else should experience that and of course you know the lady he had an affair with um and the the vampires is like fucking hey kid let's just let's do this i've been stuck in this fucking pit for god knows how long yeah. i'll go where the hell you want to go <laughs> so i think it was just like mutually beneficial yeah and then even this the spreading the good word that was the yeah. church lady's <laughs> bye marcy idea. Yeah. See you, Marcy. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I do think there was an element of this vampire did not have full control over what was happening. He just mm-hmm. knew that he was benefiting from the priest bringing him here by having an endless supply of food. And so he yeah. was like, yes, please. And that was the <laughs> end of his involvement, yeah. you know, just trying to survive and have, you know, a, a stable future. Um, mm-hmm. Which then. <laughs> Then we start seeing people change, become youthful, uh, and then outright be murdered by this vampire, which, you know, our seeming hero walks in Riley on the vampire actually feeding on the town drunk. That was 
fucking cool. <laughs> and it was all over from that moment. As soon as he walked in, I was like, oh, we still yeah. have how many episodes left? <laughs> yeah, because like, that was that was episode the end of four, right? It was the end of four or five? I think it was the end of four because I think it was the beginning of it was five. five. Yeah, the, yeah, was you're right. Five? You're right. Yeah, he got infected at the end of four and went missing. Yeah, yeah. And then came back in five. Yeah. Which is just fucking great. Like That was pretty goddamn good. At first, I was I was like, oh, shit, he's dead. That's terrible. I really like that guy now. You know, we spent so many hours <laughs> with him so far. Yeah. And then when a no body showed up, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, he's one of them now. He was mm. going to save everyone, you know, in my head. Mm. So I was super bummed. And the end of that episode, he, so he does not want this. He does not want to be a vampire. He does not want anything to do with it. He feels horrible about, one, he's still trying to process the fact that he killed someone and went to mm -hmm. prison for it. He's still trying to process the fact that he's had a terrible relationship with his father because of this. And, you know, the fact that he's never really lived up to his father's expectation of being a fisherman or, or you know, having mm -hmm. that lifestyle. He's just completely different. So they, there's so much going into the psychology of this character that to have these external events completely derail that story that we've been following for so long, it, it, was so, it was so aggressive as to really kind of bother me a little bit until he returns yeah. to the girl. <laughs> and then I was like, Yeah, that was oh. so goddamn good. Do you want to talk about that experience? That was pretty goddamn intense because that was pretty much the entirety of the episode yeah. was them, you know, they're back and forth and shit. Um, yeah, so prior to that happening, uh, they had had a huge thing because, um, uh, why am I forgetting her name? Erin. Erin. Uh, she thought she had a miscarriage, but turns out, or and we will find this out afterwards, but because she took communion, the her body as well as the contagion, as they were calling it, um, just completely destroyed the baby, like mm -hmm. ate it up, um, and she was rightfully devastated. So they were discussing, you know, death and what comes after this and shit. And that that was where I really liked Riley, like his explanation yeah. of it. And of course, the whole time I'm listening to him, like, God damn. Yeah, this is obviously written by somebody who was super fucking religious and then realized that God was a fucking story just like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, I got goosebumps from uh, listening to that. Um, but yeah, so that happens. And then, of course, the, the vampire attack. So he goes to get her one night. He's like, hey, fuck, come with me out to the middle of the fucking ocean or wherever the hell they are. And he proceeds to explain what happened. And that's where we get the story of him, you know, tromping up on the vampire and I'm converting him and blah, blah, blah. All that was all right. But like the way he goes out, uh, that was fucking intense. Like what you were talking about uh, earlier. Like he, he paddled her out there and she's freaking the fuck out because the story is over. And she's like, oh, God, are you out here to kill me? And he's like, no, I'm out here so I can't hide. And then they watch the sunrise together and he goes, Boof. Yeah. but I mean, well, a little bit more than that. It was definitely not an idle hands death. Yeah, it was. Well, but, yeah. I liked how it showed the, the mm -hmm. end in both of their perspectives. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that, you know, I and I think all of us who were talking about it really connect with Riley is his atheism and the fact that. In, on this island, he's the only one that doesn't believe in a god. And so whenever someone is talking about religion to him, he's delivering those counter arguments that we've all said, that we've mm -hmm. all shared before. And so we can completely identify with him 
on that point. And so oh, yeah. at the very end, I was a little bit thrown because I don't think there is anything <laughs> after, <laughs> right? Like, I think it's mm -hmm. nonsense. It's all made up by humans to justify the pain of life. But yeah. he does experience an afterlife. He sees the girl in the boat as soon as the sun comes up and hits him that he had murdered and mm -hmm. she has forgiveness in her eyes and he sort of finds peace and happiness in this afterlife that he's experiencing. And then it cuts to the girl watching the sunrise and hit his <laughs> face and he yeah. just, her face is so good. Her reaction is yeah. beautiful, just screaming in terror because up until the sun hit him, she's thinking he's crazy. Because she's yeah. religious. He's talking about vampires. And she's like, no, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> There's no such thing as vampires. Mm -hmm. But she's religious, so she believes equally insane fables, you know? So it's just hilarious and ironic that she won't believe the vampire until he's burning in front of her. Mm -hmm. But she will believe Jesus risen, you know? Yeah, that shit. God, that was so good. It was such a powerful end. And it was one of those where I was like, I can't go to sleep now. <laughs> I, yeah no we uh yeah it went from holy shit wait what time is it oh fuck you don't gotta work tomorrow we should watch the next one <laughs> so from that inciting incident i think a lot of people that's where they thought it slowed down um, that's where it picked up and started well and i say that oh, because they have to now start unraveling like the frenzy, the religious frenzy starts happening, but she has to start going to the doctor and start convincing other people that, no, no, this is real. This is a vampire. This is not an angel. These people are going to, you know, try to eat us and kill us and stuff. And that happens mm -hmm. in subsequent episodes. But I, I do think that, that that is the point. Like, because up until that point, well, no, maybe it was that episode four where they were doing a lot of couch talk that people were complaining that it was too slow. See, in that. That was honestly my favorite episode. Like, it was just, it was beautiful. Um, especially just, like, his explanation of what happens when everything's over. It's like, that, I can't get over how fucking good that was. Yeah. Um, Zachary is mentioning that uh, he liked how they saw stars and lights in the mm -hmm. vampire eyes. Um, if you've ever had shrooms, that's what it was like. <laughs> that's... See, I never, I never got the glowies. I always got like everything turns into symbols, and oh, really? It's like, huh? So that's what it's made up of. <laughs> <laughs> it is Matrix. <laughs> um, that's how I experienced it, anyway. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I know that. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what he's looking at because I've seen yeah. the same stuff. Um, well, and I will say, like him walking around the town, experiencing that, it's like, oh yeah, he's fucking tripping balls <laughs> for real, yeah. Yeah. And that's it, it, just another little hilarious, you know, side note about all of these religious people getting this experience and feeling that sort of distorted reality essence. Like if you've ever done drugs, you know what that feels like. And that's why, you know, it's not divine yeah. because it's just your brain under attack, essentially. Like your senses yeah. are being distorted by a chemical. It's not god inspiring you and so i think mm -hmm. if you've had those life experiences of ever having had taken drugs if you were then in this island and, and you know started seeing these things you're like oh no oh no i'm infected with something <laughs> there's something really <laughs> right. wrong here i mean you oh, may Christ, enjoy it I eat? 
Um, what did you think about that switch, though? Because ultimately, once everyone finds out that the town is all going to be infected now, and it's just you have to die to be reawoken as a vampire, and the big vampire comes in the chapel, and you know they start getting one person, then the, another person ultimately dying and coming back to life. I I was surprised that they were killing people so quickly. I really thought they were going to be turning people rather than mm -hmm. outright murdering them. Like, I, I thought mean, that was the, the whole point. Yeah, it's like, what's the difference between handing somebody a, you know, cup of fucking rat poison and biting their throat? Like, it's the same thing. But they didn't bring back the people that they killed. They just fed off of them because they, they were just like, ooh, this is delicious. My goodness. Well, no. So everybody that was in the church, they came back. Right, right. But, you know, they were going everybody... house to house and, like, pulling people well, yeah, out of their houses. I mean, that was... That's the whole Christian purge, though. Like, they weren't going to save everybody because fuck them. They're heathens anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, know. I, I, mean, I thought just... it got to that point a little too quick for me watching it. I, I don't because, like, it the the first feeding is always, like, frenzy. Like, any yeah. vampire movie you watch, like, as soon as somebody turns, that first hunger is just insane. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's why Monsignor wanted the, the doors locked so he could control it so he could help them regulate it like he did. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, Bev decides, ah, fuck it, fuck everybody and lets him out. And yeah. that's, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fair. nobody expects the Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it went from being this... <sighs> almost like a wicker man situation and then shifted gear to a survival horror and i was mm. just like this is this has evolved into so many different genres because it, it starts as almost like an exorcist and then it just sort of turns into like an interview with the vampire and then it shifts over to yeah. uh, just all sorts of different types of uh genre films um that are associated with vampires uh, I just thought it was brilliant. And that survival horror aspect of it, when they're going around and they realize that all the cell towers have been shut down, all the power centers mm -hmm. have been shut down, all the boats have been primed and ready to go, they realize the plot that these vampires are going to try to uh, do. And the survivors are like, okay, now we have to not only, it's like very video game-like, we have to not only sneak mm -hmm. over to the docks, but we also have to um, burn every single one of these boats and start burning houses that haven't already been burned by the vampires so that when mm -hmm. the sun eventually does rise they're going to get their asses burned to death and uh, a little bit of vindication there at the very end when the, yeah. the rec center gets burned and uh, that religious lady finally is knocked on her heels <laughs> yeah took the entire goddamn series <laughs> it was so good though when she started like trying to mm -hmm. dig a hole and trying to get in the hole at the very, very end. Well, it's like, that would have worked perfect. Why wouldn't you have done that shit sooner? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> it was so good. Okay, so there's so much more than just that vampire story. Mm -hmm. You know, we have these character experience of, of psychological trauma. You have uh, religious trauma. Um, you just have uh, trying to understand a tragedy, right? The, so there's this, the bum who accidentally shot and, and paralyzed this young girl is drowning himself in booze because mm. he can't, he can't forgive himself. He is just miserable. And so as soon as she can now walk again and she explains how much she hated him, that she ultimately forgives him. Now he has to deal with 
forgiveness for himself, and that mm-hmm. can be the hardest thing that anyone can ever do. And so he turns to AA, which is horrible because AA is being held by <laughs> Father Hill, yeah, who is like the big bad guy. Um, so it makes sense to me that Father Hill ended up sort of switching his perspective of saying, yes, let's mm-hmm. infect everyone and bring everyone under God's hand. And then as soon as he sees the crazy side of it, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not yeah. what I meant. <laughs> We're yeah. killing each other. This is clearly not God's hand. This is this is evil. This is this is bad. Mm. Um, do you think that was well, a, a rational took... turn for you? Oh, what? Go ahead. Do you think that was a rational turn for you? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, he, he was... I don't say he was fine with it, but he was accepting that Bev was in charge. Um, But the second that she turned away that one guy because, uh, you know, he wasn't one of their uh, parishioners, that's when he's like, wait, this bitch is fucked up. That's not Christian. No, come on over here. Everybody's welcome. Um, Yeah, that it was like, that's the only way it could have gone for him. Yeah. As Zachary said, he likes how the priest had to get blasted in the face to realize he was being an ass. <laughs> hey, sometimes yeah. that's all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to get punched in the face and you feel better. Right. Um, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> so um, th- I, there's a lot to unravel in here. I, I mm-hmm. don't know how deep down this, this hole uh, we want to go tonight. That is to say that if you if you want to experience a slow building ending in a frenzied type vampire story that is deep in mm-hmm. Catholicism um, and character development, then I would highly recommend you check this out for yourself mm-hmm. because it's absolutely worth it. But if you're just yeah, also no, I, a fan of filmmaking, I think it's another. It is. It's it's beautifully shot. Like um, I, I don't remember who his DP is, but like. Um, whoever's DP is like they're fucking fantastic mm-hmm. um, it's just so artfully done and yeah like it's it's a beautiful character piece um, I mean the ending you know it's great it gets all gory and bloody and shit and that's always fun but like I I hate the term oh slow burn it's like yeah it's a slow burn but it just means that there's fucking story and there's not a bunch of shit going on like yeah. you're having an experience storytelling it's it's fantastic. On this that. is an, a complaint of your and mine since we've ever done this show <laughs> is, is whenever we see a review and they're like, no, it was horrible. It was slow burn. And we come in and we're like, we loved it because it told this story. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's, that's what it is. That's like the whole idea of going back to primitive man, sitting around a fire and telling stories, parables, all that shit. Like that's been entertainment since day fucking one. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. I like I connect with that really well. I and I think anybody that doesn't is stupid. Just go watch some cartoons. Yeah, It'll give great. you all the bright colors and fast movements that you need. Merry melodies, people. They're great. <laughs> um maybe those are a little too slow too. <laughs> Do some Tom and Jerry <laughs> Looney Tunes. Uh yeah, so at the very, very end, the only survivors are So funny thing about that, Zach, like I was laughing my ass off when that was happening when she because. Uh, you know, she was experiencing the death that he had explained because of the whole DMT trip and all that. The whole time she's talking about it, I'm like, wait, when the fuck did she convert to Judaism? Because <laughs> it's like, that's like heaven for 
Yeah, like, yeah, I just thought that was funny. Um, I don't think I connected those dots anywhere. Like, well, did you study Judaism, Adam? No, I did not. Yeah, I I did for a little bit. So. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. feel so bad then. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I did not. Um, yeah, so the survivors, they had to go out on the boat, of course, mm -hmm. waiting for dawn. And it was the girl who, you know, was miraculously healed from her um, paralyzed legs. And uh, the son, uh, he was an altar boy, ultimately, right? Mm-hmm. No, it was it was it was the brother yeah. of Riley, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. He was one of the altar boys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This the, the other altar boys got killed, and so that's why I was. No. Other altar boy. Well, the well, other altar boy turned and yeah. killed his mom. Yeah. Which. All right. I get it. Yeah. Right. Jana. Jana thinks we watch different shows. You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> well. She has the bias of uh, episode two. Like, uh, episode two is a very big reason as to why I gave the rating I did for this. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah. we're going to get to that in just a second because I want to talk yeah. about favorite part and least favorite parts. Uh, yeah. I want to try to keep this under an hour, so that's why we have to stop talking about the actual <laughs> series. And yeah, start it's, we it. could easily fucking spend like two, three hours talking about this and not touch yeah. everything. So what do you think about uh, your, your favorite parts of this series? Um, so favorite part, definitely, like I said, it's uh, just the discussion of what happens after we die. Uh, it was just it was so beautifully done. Mm -hmm. I, I adored it. And yeah, the whole time it's like, yeah, that's written by somebody who was raised in, a, in the faith and then found reason instead. Yeah. But has found a way to, you know, make it a happy thing versus, oh, well, I guess there's nothing after this. Like that whole his his rant about what happens, like that was fucking beautiful, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, that was great. He is my favorite part of this whole series. Um, his his character arc, uh, the trauma that he experienced, the, mm -hmm. the fact that he can't assimilate with this family and this community that he grew up in. The mm -hmm. fact, because I, I think all of us as Satanists can identify with this. I know I can. Is that I was ostracized by my family for the majority of my life because of this mm -hmm. religion, because I, because I did not fit into their religion. They, you know, and I was a Satanist. So obviously, you know, I was the worst of the fucking worst. My sister would teach her children that I was an evil monster and they should never communicate with me. I mean, it was, it's just, it's been a, a huge issue with my entire life. And so to, to f see another character going through those same types of feelings, even though he wasn't a Satanist, he was an atheist. I connected so quickly with this character and then to see that even though I don't like the idea of sacrificing oneself in this particular way, he knew it was the only way that she would believe mm -hmm. what he was saying and the trouble and danger that they were actually in. And so yeah. as far as the story is concerned, he, he had to do it. You know, I hate Well, and it wasn't, it wasn't wholly just to convince her. Like he really did not want to, you know, do anymore. Like he, the, that's what the past four years of his life had been, had been living with killing somebody right. and right. he couldn't do that again. Yeah. I just figure if I was in his place, I would just go and try to kill the priest. Like that's what I would do or try to kill that vampire. You know, you only have so much time left at, you know, you're a vampire. You're going to, you know, be inspired to kill, but we know that it's not so strong that you can't resist it because his father later on and his mother later on do resist it, you mm -hmm. know, and he resisted it for however long. So yeah. 
it can be done even though it hurts like physically hurts them to do yeah. it i feel like he he could have thought <laughs> i don't know that's what i would have done anyway. he, he could have but it would have ultimately ended the same way as uh monsignor pruitt went yep, yep. um but yeah 100 percent, zachary like that's that's exactly what i saw wait what are you referencing oh he, he's talking about uh, getting the impression that Riley was Mike Flanagan's surrogate. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, that hundred percent. That's yeah. that's exactly what it was. So, what was your least favorite part of this series? Oh Christ! So, number one, again, this is what changed my fucking rating: the dog's death. Like, whatever the the cats. That was all dumb and goofy and it was clearly fake but they made that dog's death way too fucking real like i had some straight up like stress from that because i've seen animals die like that um so i was we almost didn't finish the fucking show whoa to be honest like that's how how pissed it was or i was about it and my wife as well um although we did find out something nice um i don't remember what the website is because of course i didn't write it down but apparently there's a website out there that if you're a crazy animal person like me you can go to that website and find out what's safe to watch and what's not and to the extent of how much animal violence is in a movie really yeah huh. yeah i um it was like doggy does a death or some dumb shit i i don't remember what it was but yeah it's like oh well fuck i guess before i watch anything that's where i'm going now because that shit just, like, animal death or animal violence in general and rape, those can make a story. But more often than not, it's bullshit and not needed. It's just to make somebody look extra bad when they're already fucking bad. So I just, I hate that shit. Oh, yeah, no, I watched The Green Room, Zach. Yeah, I fucking, <laughs> that ending destroyed me. I, it took me a good 20 minutes to fucking calm down at, at the end. Like, I'm actually, yeah. Fuck that movie. <laughs> you get upset now. <laughs> it was very, very upset. It was, I mean, it was, it was a cute ending, but at the same time, it's like, I want to punch everybody in the fucking nuts over that ending. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever watch The Green Room, Adam? Yeah. 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 I don't mind animal violence as much as you do. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm fine with it. You know, I don't yeah. want to kill like, animals, but. <laughs> I kind of rationalize it like, well, there's a lot of Nazi deaths, so it kind of balances the scales a little, so whatever. Pretty good balancing factor. <laughs> Yeah. They should just throw in Nazi deaths anytime there's any like animal death anyway. Just, I agree. Just to I'd, add flavor. It'll bring it right back and be like, <laughs> yeah. okay, Cameron's back in. Okay, so that was your least favorite. My least favorite was the afterlife that Riley had. I, if you're an atheist writing this atheist story, why the fuck are you adding an afterlife? Well, I feel like you're forgetting his his speech because he talks about you know, when DMT starts pumping through your body, it's a hallucinogen, essentially. Um, and it shows you your entire life, and then it kind of helps you transition to death. And, like, that's what I saw when I was watching okay. that, was just that's him, that's his body rationalizing what's happening and what's coming. Like, not that he's actually going to a heaven or anything. Right. It's just that the chemicals that your body produces when you die is doing its job and making it easier for him. I want, I want to be okay with that explanation. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I, I stress, I, I, I fight with that being justified because, yes, you're right. That is exactly what he said, and that's true. That what It is what mm -hmm. happens um, physiologically, uh, chemically when you die. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't, know. I, I, I don't like the idea of someone who has been tormented their entire living life and then brief unliving life 
with mm-hmm. the murder of someone and then suddenly they just accept it and they're like no i'm okay now that i'm dead it's okay like that if if it's your brain still working you're still have all the hang-ups for those brief seconds of the flood mm-hmm. of, of dopamine than you would otherwise mm-hmm. so i don't know that that's why it, it kind of bugs me like they made such a big deal and as that's the catalyst for him being okay dying because he doesn't want to have to deal with as you mentioned doesn't want to have to kill again mm-hmm. why would he be uh, okay see, with now, it then something i'm thinking about because like my other bitch fit is a lot of shit doesn't make sense in this yeah um he's already dead he fucking died why would it happen again like he's he's a vampire now he's dead so yeah that that right. doesn't make sense now except there's clearly like chemical operations in vampiric you know i mean their body goes yeah, back to the most useful beautiful part of their life you know yeah yeah, I don't know. I find it hard to believe that it would function exactly like it did before. That's why. That's why. It, like throughout this whole thing, I'm like, this is clearly a vampire show. But then there's stuff that break the rules of vampires, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, yeah. maybe they're gonna twist at the end. You know, maybe at the end it's gonna be a twist and it is an angel, or because it doesn't line up so well with every vampire thing we know. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something different. I was just hoping yeah. that there's gonna be some weird twist or something, but no. So that, that's why I was a little thrown off is that, you know, their bodies go back. You know, that's why she lost her child. It, you know, mm-hmm. her body just went back to the healthiest, happiest part that it's ever been in, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was, it was really strange. Yeah. I th- my, my rating is changing <laughs> as we're talking. <laughs> um, maybe I should stop talking then. Uh, all right, let's do ratings. What did you give this? Thing? All right. 2.5. Okay. And the reason being... I've said it before in other episodes. Half a banana sticker goes away the second an animal dies. Like, if there's fucking stupid animal violence, gone. Again, I can forgive the cats. They were yeah. clearly fucking fake. That dog... The dog was an amazing actor. I'll, I'll say that much. Because, yeah, I've, I've seen that happen. And that was fucking real. Um, and it just... It... It, it, uh, it was so predictable. Like, I never get movies or shows ever um like babadook's a great example like Mm. we were talking about it after we watched it and Uh. it was like i watched a completely fucking different movie than everybody else that sat there and watched it with me um like i just when i watch something i just i'm so absorbed that i don't actually comprehend what i saw until afterwards this entire show i called every single thing that happened and it was just like fuck that was predictable as hell yeah. Yeah, I mean everything except for the sticking to the vampire facts, you know, mm-hmm. was very very on the nose. Um but I I when I was watching this, I did not watch it as a horror film. I didn't watch mm-hmm. it or a horror series. I didn't I didn't watch it in that manner even though that is ultimately what I knew was coming. Yeah. The whole time, you know, as soon as you see the priest in confessional and you see him get attacked, you're like, "Okay, that's where we're going." Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. But it, w- it was, it was the, the development of all of the disparate characters and how they connected tangentially together in this one community. It was the entire atmosphere. It was the camera work. It was the sound design. It was the music. It was the, the acting was so good. So mm-hmm. good. There's no way I would hate someone as much as I hated that church lady. If she right. was a bad actor, there's just no way. And there's no way I would have felt yeah. weird and, and disgusted by this priest in his all of his very many heavy, long monologues and stayed 
attentive to it if he wasn't a really good actor. It's yeah. just, I don't know, the storytelling of, of Mike Flanagan is just getting better and better and better. Or it's just developing in a way that I'm attracted to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's blowing my mind. And that's why I, I didn't give this four uh, banana stickers based on just this series, which is unfair because that's really what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm such a huge fan of everything that Mike Flanagan has done. Literally, I've never seen anything he's done that I didn't like. Even if mm-hmm. it's not my favorite type of a, a show like Bly Manor, I still really enjoyed everything he does. And it's just getting better and better. And those that beat scene with that camera work, it blew me away. And those yeah. pulpit scenes with delivering of those monologues blew me away. And that church lady's justification for every fucked up thing that ever happened blew me away. I just, I, oh, yeah. how can I yeah, not give this four banana stickers? Believable. Yeah. Like it was like, that's real. We've met people like that. Yeah. Sure. I grew amazing. up in Salem, Utah when there was little <laughs> to no population. I know church people yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. They're nuts. Yeah, so anyway, that's our rating. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover with this at all? No, no, we definitely got Like I said, we, <laughs> we could go on a couple hours and still not touch everything. So I, I do think it's out. a testament to a story when you have such different experiences going through it or coming out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Jana totally has a complete 180 from my opinions of this, this series. Yeah. And even Zachary said he didn't enjoy this. I... Mm-hmm obviously did you enjoyed a lot of it but there's little elements that really really you know got under your skin i liked it but i wouldn't rewatch it that's about it yeah like i I gotta say this is probably the only thing of mike flanagan's that i probably wouldn't rewatch yeah like even blind manor um and and really i was i was talking about it earlier um I think my my bias with Blind Manor was the fact that I had read all the stories that he was basing that shit off of, like, right before I watched it. Like, unknowingly read all that. Um, so, or unknowingly watched it and then, or uh, read it and then saw that and realized that was what he was using. So, I, I definitely need to go back and rewatch that and give it a, you know, a fair try. Yeah. But this one, I, I don't know if I'd watch it again. Um... I'd, I'd probably devote a, like a boring Saturday to it again. Probably not soon because I watched it two weeks ago. It's still sort of fresh in my head and we have a lot of horror coming down the pipeline. Mm. Um, a lot of like not just films in theaters but like also streaming service films that look really, really good. So mm. I'm going to be buried in horror for a while before I get an <laughs> opportunity to, to revisit this at yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in and watching this. I do apologize about the technical issues. I don't know what the hell was happening, but it seemed to resolve itself. So knock on wood. Uh, you can find any of our, my other satanic series on the website, reverendcampbell.com. Uh, we also, uh, Cameron and I have a Star Wars podcast. If that's something, if that's an itch you like to scratch, you're welcome to join us over there. And uh, until next time, hail Satan, everyone. Hail Satan. This is the... Um, this the is outro. the outro song. This is a something song. We are... I don't fucking know. I don't know what to go with that. <laughs> That's, that was pretty good. <laughs> we'll just, just use...